Leah. It took a big chunk It's bleeding. It's bleeding. Oh no, it's bleeding. The thing just ripped me ear off. What do you think? Hello again and welcome to the post-grand final edition of Eddie and Steve-O, the podcast. Again, this week, I'm at home here in the UK. Steve-O is 12,000 miles away and still holed up in a hotel, look, albeit five-star, before he gets allowed out to go home after 14 long days. Now, last week, he told us he was talking at least twice a day to a psychiatrist who was doing their best to keep him on the straight and narrow. So let's start by checking not only on Steve-O's mental state, <laughs> but also on the state of the poor old psychiatrist. Thank you, Eddie, but it's uh, not a psychiatrist, it's a psychologist. Well, the same difference. There is a, there is, there is a big difference. I, I, haven't gone, I haven't gone up the wall yet, but I must say I don't want to experience this yet again. The only positive that I am keep telling myself is that in doing this, I'm saving people's lives. And that is what we should all do, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well done. Well done. Well, I know you're climbing the walls, aren't you? There's, uh, there's nothing worse than being in solitary confinement, I would think. Oh, it's awful. Uh, as I say, I wouldn't recommend it to, to my worst enemies. And believe you me, Eddie, I've got quite a few of those. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe this. Look, the, the one thing that will have really cheered you up, I'm sure, was uh, the grand final on Friday between Wigan and Saints. It was the best ever, wasn't it? It had just about everything. Yep, classic. It was a great game. So many chances. We said last week, didn't we, that it could be decided by just one mistake. And so it proved. When that drop goal hit the post, the hooter sounded and poor old Bevan French, he thought perhaps it was just going to go dead in goal, but that wasn't going to be the case. Young Wellsby, he had other ideas. It was just a fantastic game, very much defensive on both sides, not many opportunities, but it was so close. It could have gone either way, couldn't it? Oh, absolutely. Cigarette paper between the two teams. Has it, has it received any uh, grudging praise from the Australian press and the media? Oh, it's, uh, it, it's got a lot of press over here. And, and it's the fact that uh, even some of the headlines are saying the best game ever in a grand final. Now, that's saying something for the Aussies to put up with that. But there were so many opportunities. You know, Bibby running, he overran the ball. Taya was offside. Roby went close. Uh, Hardacre was held up over the line. And then, of course, Hastings, a high shot that got uh, on Farage, that got the penalty to make, it, to make it all square. Amazing. But there's reports, Eddie, about the height of the goalpost. Do you know anything about this? Well, I've spoken uh, to uh, the officials at uh, Super League and they have got full-size international posts that they normally use for Old Trafford. But the KCOM uh, stadium was asked about this and they said they had uh, the taller posts to put in. So I think, and I mean, I wasn't there, obviously, but looking at the television, I think the posts they used on Friday were bigger and taller than they normally are for a, a Hull FC match. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, certainly the post looked taller to me as well. So, in effect, then, if if they would have used the home posts that Hull FC normally use, that ball would have gone over the top, wouldn't have bounced back, and then it would have been left up to the referee to decide from a far distance whether it was in or whether it was out. Absolutely. And I, I bet you what, uh, Chris Kendall will have been breathing a, a sigh of relief that he didn't have to make that call. Listen, while we're talking about Chris Kendall, I think you owe a bit of an apology to him because I think he handled the game well, didn't he? Well, he did. And I was glad that it, he improved because he wasn't all that good the week before. But I'll put it this way. Yes, I'll hold my hand up. He refereed it exceptionally well. There's a few things that we see in finals, often seen at Wembley, where sometimes they just let the game flow. But the defence was so strong and some of the hits were outstanding. But he let it go. He let it get right into it. I mean, there was no crowd there. But I don't know about you, Eddie, but, but I felt the atmosphere. Oh, I, I was on edge. I was on edge all the way through it. Absolutely. It, it lacked for nothing. And uh, I know the crowd, it would have been, you know, massive crowd had it been at Old Trafford. But it certainly didn't affect the players or the referee. That is, that is for sure. You mentioned a few talking points. Let me ask you a, a couple of questions. Do you think it was a high shot by Jack, uh, Jackson Hastings on Theo Farge for the Saints penalty yes. that, that put them level? You do? Yes. Didn't it not start on the chest, come over the top and hit him on the top of the head? No? I, I don't go for this, people saying that, you know, your first attempt was on the chest. It's where you finish up. I mean, it, it, it went finished up in, in, into the face of, of Farage. So it was simple as that. It was a penalty. But the thing that I would like to talk about more than anything, and I'm sure a lot of the Wigan fans will be wanting to see the same thing, did Wellsby... Did he push French before he got his hand onto the ball? Well, it now, was a foot race, wasn't it? It was a foot yeah. race. Uh, and yeah, the, but the, 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 there was a bit of a right arm came out from him, but you, you couldn't really call it a push, I don't think. Well, I look at it this way. According to the rules of the game, if two players are running for the ball at the same time, you can use your shoulder, but you can't use your arm. Now, as far as I was concerned, I thought Wellsby used his right arm to more or less get in front and prevent French getting to the ball. But that's all fish and chip paper now. It's all done and dusted. Nothing we can do about it. It is. And Jack Wellsby, at 19 years of age, I think he could have the freedom of the town of St. Helens right now. Youngest player on the field. Let me ask you this. Was he onside? Uh, from the, the drop goal attempt by Makinson. His feet looked okay. His body was obviously leaning forwards as he set off, which is fine in our game. In the Premier League, of course, and their VAR, a lot of football fans have said to me it had been pulled back for offside because an elbow or a fingernail was a, ahead of the ball. Well, his feet was behind or level. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that's fine. And I just hope that the Football Association get grip together and just say, listen, utilise where the feet feet is, not not whether your body's leaning forward. Yeah. And this, I've seen so many games now where they've been 
pulled up for offside when it's been a great goal, just because an arm has gone out of it. All they have to do is simple. What we do in rugby league is where are your feet planted on the ground? It's a lot simple. I agree. It's a lot simpler. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, that's the beauty about the rugby league video referee system, isn't it? I mean, it, it blazed the trail early on, and it's showing now how video reviews should be done. I know a lot of people don't like it. You've said on this already that you hate it, but, you know, it proves that on a big occasion, you get the you get the decisions right. Yeah, and I think it's fair that you should do that. Uh, the one thing I hope we don't bring into the play is this captain's challenge. I hate it. I think it's a waste of time. Uh, the Aussies do it, and, and it doesn't do our game any good. But getting no. back to that game, Eddie, it was a sheer classic. And you will be you will be pleased, or maybe not pleased to hear, that <laughs> the White West has been overtaken no. by by the Wellsby tribe. No, no, no. I'm not having that. I am not <laughs> having that. I heard, I heard James Graham refer to it saying after the match, maybe perhaps this is, you know, overtaken wide to west. Let me put a case for the defence for wide to west. Wide to west, as you know, started 20 <laughs> metres away from the Saints line, OK? And they went left, right, centre and up and down the left-hand side and joint, 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 scored in the corner. That was a fantastic try. I will take nothing away from the grand final on Friday for drama, excitement and everything else. Brilliant. But it will never eclipse wide to west. They will never take that wallpaper down in the Saints lounge. Never. Well, I think at the side of it, they might have a few words to say about young Wellsby's tries. I think they might. You, you can't tell me that they're just going to ignore that. No. I reckon, I reckon it'll... Well, I'll put it this way. How about 50-50? I'll go with you. No. Right set, to West. 70, Wellsby's try. 70-30. No, but maybe, maybe even 80-20. Maybe even 80-20. Yeah, get get off your high horse. <laughs> it was twenty years ago, you know. Anyway, listen, uh, hey, listen, Eddie, you're talking about referees as well. Um, what's the word on the International Federation of Referees in regards to the rules? Well, uh, we're going to we're, we're going to come on to that later, Steve. After after we've heard from from Prockers and got your news from Australia, so let's just leave that one hanging in the air. There's a couple of more uh, bits and pieces I want to clear up with you about the grand final first. That Wigan penalty. They were awarded just inside the Saints' half, very late on. I've watched the last 10 minutes again. It was breathtaking. Scores level. Should they have kicked for touch, driven the ball in the middle and gone for the one-pointer? Zach Hardik had kicked the kick for the goal, missed it. Saints were up the other end. And as the siren sounded, they won the match, as we know. Hindsight, it's a wonderful thing, isn't it? It certainly is. It's like asking someone who's been married for 30 years whether they made a mistake or not. <laughs> Simple as did, that. So I'll, did leave, you, I'll leave did you, I'll leave did you, you with those fine words. <laughs> did, you're, not, you're not admitting you made a mistake. Maureen might be listening to this. Be careful. <laughs> the other thing, the other thing that must have had you on your feet in your little hotel room there, uh, the attempted goal by a uh, drop goal by Tommy Makinson. He's only kicked one in his career before, and that was in the grand final last year, and. That was his first ever drop goal attempt, and he fancied his chances, didn't he? Well, he did. I mean, he, he got it long enough and high enough, and uh, as I say, the the new post certainly helped him. 
a lot of people are also saying, what about the fact that they turned down the chance to add the extra two points? And I'm wondering, I've, I'm not a gambling man, but I wonder how many people out there on the spread betting would have said, hang on, I could have won quite a lot of money if they'd have kicked that goal. I don't know. <laughs> you, you've, always but, got, but, you've always got the pound, shillings and pence on your mind, haven't you? All the time. Well, I tell you what, I'm sure there's somebody out there, some poor punter, that said if they'd have kicked it, I, I, I could have collected money. I don't know. I'm not a gambling man. Well, but I'm sure a, there's got go to be. I'm sure there's somebody out there that will be pulling his hair out. Well, probably. I've made a couple of inquiries with um, with the the uh, the title sponsors, Betfred. The they had the the the, the forecast flat, neither side getting any point start or having to concede any. Their t uh, uh, their total points, I believe, was was thirty six on the spread, not not Betfred, but on on, on the spread. Uh, and, okay. Uh, Wigan, Wigan were giving up two, so people will have won, but perhaps not as much as they as they might have done. I, I know you're always worried about people's purses, Steve. Oh, I realise. <laughs> well, you've never seen my wallet, Eddie. You know. That. No, you're right. Uh, you're right. There, the only people, the only thing that's seen your <laughs> wallet is the moths. Uh, <laughs> let's just be serious for a minute. The, the sheer class that was shown at the end of the grand final, uh, as Sean O'Loughlin. I mean, he must have been absolutely heartbroken. James Graham was emotional, uh, as he should have been. Uh, but Sean O'Loughlin bowing out on the losing side. He left the field through a guard of honour from the Saints players. And he was clapped every step of the way from the field uh, into the tunnel and then on the way to the dressing room. What a fantastic moment that was. And doesn't that say a lot about this game? That's why I keep saying it's the greatest game of all. Simple, truthful. The way that they just stood aside and said farewell to a true champion. He has been outstanding for Wigan. He's done wonderful things for his country, playing the greatest game of all, rugby league. Yes, it was a marvellous moment. And a great moment, too, for, for James Graham. Uh, you know, he, he won his first grand final and he's won his last grand final in between. He was he was on the losing side. So no wonder he was emotional. Yeah. And I thought it was also nice that uh, instead of just clapping uh, O'Loughlin off the field, he, he embraced him. And, yeah. you know, uh, that was it. Uh, that was a tearful moment uh, for both of those players. Uh, one saddened. The other one was just cock a hoop about it. And uh, the <laughs> the films, or should I say, that the coverage, TV coverage of of Graham, just like going absolutely crackers mm -hmm. over the fact what a way to finish his career, and he also has been a great, great player for our game, hasn't he? Just well, you know, we've seen a few classic grand finals, haven't we? All played in front of those big crowds. As I said earlier, this one lost nothing, despite there being no one there, and it was exactly exactly what we needed in 2021, uh, 2020 rather. Yeah, and I, I think that when we first had the grand final, that wonderful solo run from Robinson and uh, dived underneath the post because a lot of people thought, you know, will it catch on? Will it, you know, Old Trafford, it's a big stadium. And, and I thought that that just lifted it to the point where, yes, it's going to be something special. And probably the other one that comes to mind is when that field goal mm -hmm. from Long. 
Yeah. Sean Long, under pressure, popped it over. It was it was outstanding. But they've all been good. We've had a few that's been a little bit under the weather because of the weather. Yeah. But it's going to take some beating, this one that we've just had. It certainly will. It's come at the right time. Television negotiations underway. And hopefully next year when we're back at Old Trafford, please God, they'll be putting the house full signs up. OK, let's draw a line in the sand as far as that's concerned. Wonderful grand final. Fantastic season from everybody to get the game to a grand final. And we look ahead to 2021. Let's, uh, let's pause then now. It's uh, that time of the podcast where we bring in the world brain of rugby league, the one and only Ian Proctor for our new regular brain teasers. Last week, uh, you may remember it was all about the grand final. Two questions to get you thinking. His first was in deference to Sean O'Loughlin, who last Friday played um, in the match at Hull, setting a record 17 years after his first grand final appearance. So, here we go. And the question was, which two other players had appeared in grand finals 15 years apart? The answer was Adrian Morley, who played in 98 for Leeds, 2005 for Bradford, and then played a couple for the Wolves, Warrington Wolves, 2012 and 2013. And Paul Wellens of St. Ellen's played 10 grand finals for them, first in 1999 and the second in 2014. The second question last week was to name the only Australian and Kiwi to play in grand finals for two clubs. That was David Ferner for Leeds in 2004, having played for Wigan in 2001. And Henry Paul, who played for Wigan in the first grand final in 1998 and for Bradford in 1999 and 2001. And the third question was about who'd scored tries for two different clubs in grand finals. That was Leon Price for Bradford in 2005 and then Saints in 2006. Martin Gleeson, who scored for Saints in 2002 and got two tries for Wigan against Saints in 2010. And Josh Charnley, who scored tries for Wigan against Warrington in 2013 and 2016, and then for Warrington against Wigan in 2018. And of course, that list has now been added to with Jake Bibby scoring for Wigan on Friday, having done so for Salford in 2019. Well, fantastic stuff from Ian, as always, Steve-O. And Jake Bibby, with his try in vain for Wigan on Friday, therefore enters the record books. He scored tries in successive grand finals now for two different teams. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? How, how on earth how, does he sleep? Ian. Does, Ian Proc, does Ian Proctor sleep? Or does he <laughs> just con continually look through the record books? He's amazing. He is. He is. And uh, I thought you were asking whether Jake Bibby slept. I don't think he probably has slept since Friday. He must have nightmares. Trying a grand final, ending up on the losing side. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, on now to this week's questions. Remember our criteria. One which could be classed in some quarters, present company accepted, as relatively easy. And the other is Proker's weekly stinker of a question. And this week they both centre round the Dream Team and the Man of Steel Awards, which were announced uh, seven days ago. The first one is about uh, the Dream Team. Kristen Inu 
earned Dream Team status after playing just nine Super League games in 2020, in the process becoming only the fifth Salford player to earn such recognition. Can you name the other four Red Devils to have played or been selected for the Dream Team? Two from last season, one in 2017, and the first came back in 2006 when they qualified for their first ever playoff series under Kyle Harrison. And the second question this week, can you name the three players who have won the Man of Steel award in the same season that they won the Young Player of the Year award? That's three players who were named Young Player of the Year and Man of Steel in the same season. Steve, I think I've got one of those players to be named Young Player of the Year and Man of Steel in the same season. Have you? Have you got one or two or not? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, keep t- uh, I keep telling you, Eddie, if they don't have a number or a name on the back, I have no idea. Okay. All right. Well, uh, answers to the questions uh, during the podcast next week, which we'll, we'll carry on. So we'll definitely be keeping Prockers busy for a week or two more. Right, Steve-O, on to some other news from the Super League. Remy Casti is leaving the Catalan Dragons. He's, he's 35. He's been there all of his life, apart from one year when he went over to the Sydney Roosters, came back in 2015. Record appearances for the Catalan Dragons, 336. He was there from day one, I think. 34 tries. What a servant this guy has been. Yeah, and I don't think his career is over. Uh, I I get the impression that uh, Casti would have liked to have at least had another one-year contract. But evidently, the Catalan club said that they want to concentrate on bringing younger players into it. I can understand that. McNamara has, has been quoted as saying they've got to go for the younger, younger players. Um, but I don't think he'll hang up his boots. Um, maybe there might be an offer from Toulouse, especially if Toulouse actually get that 12th spot and come into Super League. Well, that'd be a story, wouldn't it? If he moves up the coast and goes to Toulouse from the Catalan Dragons, he'll get a bit of stick there, won't he? You know uh, what the life well... in Catalan, steve <laughs> <laughs> They thought you were the video referee once. Yeah, but let's all remember that, you know, good wine from that area. Oh, yes. I knew you mentioned that as well. Uh, also yeah. news from Super League, Ben Flower has left Wigan. He's gone to Lee. That's another short uh, drive for Ben. And... Um, Anthony Gelling, he's left the Warrington Wolves. Uh, the rumour is he's going back home, but I read somewhere that, that it's been reported he's got a, a court case to face uh, in Liverpool middle of next year. So I don't know where all that leaves him as far as that's concerned. Uh, but Gelling has gone from Warrington and Flower has gone from Wigan to Lee. Yeah, well, it didn't surprise me about Gelling. Uh, he's still a talented footballer, that's for sure. I think maybe a, a couple of clubs would be would be interested, but he's made it quite clear he's going to go back down under. Uh, obviously, he'll have to come back to uh, to England to face face the uh, the court. But uh, he's still got he's still got some playing days in him as Anthony Gellin. I think he's a very very talented player. Yeah, he has and a good another season. thing, yeah, and another thing, in, including at Warrington uh, today, of course, it's the end of official end of, of the, the season. And, of course, that means that Declan Patton has now become a free agent. Warrington have not offered him a contract. Uh, he's only 25 years of age. And there's rumours about Wakefield, Salford, 
uh, York, and even Toulouse are interested. Okay. You think? So we'll have, well, if that's, we'll have if to that's wait the case, well, if if that's the case, uh, that probably means the Gareth Widdop uh, business is over and done with, and Widdop stays at Warrington, then, doesn't it? Well, you'd think so, but according to Widdop's manager, he's offering Widdop to go back to a Sydney club uh, at a cut price, fifty percent off. Now, I reckon he's on about three hundred thousand pounds a season Oof. at Warrington. Okay. And there's all, well, there's also rumours that Warrington might say, well, we don't think he's worth that now. I think he's on a three-year contract. <laughs> so maybe they would be happy to uh, to, to send him back to Australia. What? Look, he wants to go back to his wife and his children who went back from England early and they went back, obviously, because of the pandemic. And he's obviously missing his children and wife and why wouldn't you be? So it wouldn't surprise me if Widdop eventually goes back and plays with a club in the uh, NRL. You know, I don't know what you've got against Warrington, but every week... I've got nothing against Warrington. Every week you come up with a story. The coach is going, Widdop's going, Widdop's now on a cut-price deal. I mean, what is it about Warrington? You must hate it. You must hate the place. I don't hate them at all. It's just, it's just the fact that they've got rid of Gellin, they've got rid of Patton, Widow wants to go home. What do you want him to do? Change clubs? Change so, the name? So what are you what are you doing then? You, you're tipping Warrington for rele- relegation now in 2021, are you? <laughs> Greg English is no, coming, I'm, you know. No, I'm not. Greg no, English I'm, listen, is coming. Listen, it's not only that. Let's talk about whole football club for a for a moment. Oh, okay. It's it's big news down here that Benji Marshall, who has not been offered a contract at West Tigers, is wanting to join his former playing mate, Brett Hodgson, who's taken over the black and whites as the new coach. Mm-hmm. And get this. Are you ready? Go on. They are claiming down here in Sydney that Hall FC are offering him £400,000 <laughs> for, one, for one season. No. four hundred grand. That's four hundred grand. That's even more than what Widdop got at Warrington. That's almost 25% of their salary cap. Impossible. 400,000 per season. It's big headlines down here in Sydney. Do they think the Super League is cash rich down there or something? Seriously. Well, (laughs) he's 35 years of age. Exactly. Um, He's a great player, but come on. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, would you? I just can't see, I just can't see Hull being able to afford it. Well, you wouldn't get out of bed for four hundred grand a year, would you? <laughs> hey, listen, listen. When I read all this, I'm thinking, I wonder if I could just pull on my boots for one season. I, I think you could. You could do a. You could do a Mike Tyson. You could do a comeback like Mike Tyson. Oh yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> you didn't need yeah. to step into the ring, but you could have certainly come and got a, a job. I got a gig back in the Super League <laughs> club. I'm sure you could. Uh, what else is happening down there? Pretty sad news as far as uh, the NRL are concerned. It's a uh, uh, the Penrith Panthers uh, centre, Brent Naden, um, was tested positive after the grand final. Oh. Uh, he he admitted to the Penrith club straight after the game and after being having the sample taken um, that he wanted to go straight away into rehab. And he has done. And in fact, he's only just come out 
today from the rehabilitation centre. Oh, and it's it, it's not the best sort of news that you could say, but uh, he has had a lot of personal problems. And the Penrith Panthers have made it quite clear that they will support him as much as they can. But obviously, he is, he is suspended as from now. Well, he's, he's facing a long time out of the game, isn't he, sadly? Well, it looks that way, but um, uh, at least the Panthers have made sure that um, they will help him as, as much as they can. It's got to a point where, you know, you think to yourself, haven't we done well? I know. Rugby league in this country and down under. Yeah. And yet, and yet we have to finish off with someone that has been tested for cocaine. Let's uh, finish on a, a slightly brighter note. Um, former referee Stuart Cummings. He's now heading up the international referees. And, of course, he's a, a former Sky pundit, of course. He was uh, alongside us on the gantry. He tells me that he has virtually rewritten the laws of the game so that they match both here and in Australia. He says it's been a mammoth task. And he hopes to have them all signed off by February of next year in good time for the World Cup. Now, that's something that's never, ever happened before. This is great news, isn't it? Well, it is, as long as both the... RFL, the Super League and the NRL all get their heads together and say, yeah, we'll do that. I mentioned briefly in regards to, you know, this captain's challenge. That needs kicking out. Simple as that. I've said for years, let's get rid of the scrums. And I think I don't think anybody's missed them after this year in this well, country. Well, the punters haven't. But, I think the coaches have. Well, OK. But the one good thing is that, that you can make a decision if you're putting the scrum down now, you can actually put it in the middle of the, the centre of the field. It doesn't have to be 10 metres away from the, the, the sideline. And that helps. Uh, but yes, I'm so glad that somebody somewhere has just said, can we have the same laws of the game? Not the rules, the laws of the game. Not all this about, oh, if you make an attempt to play the ball with yeah. your foot, yeah. that's all right. No, it's not all right. It's like saying, well, you pulled me up for a forward pass, but I, I attempted to pass it back. You can't have that sort of thing. We've never, ever had the same rules internationally for Australia, England, Great Britain, Wales, you name it, France. They all have different ideas about it. And let's hope that we just say, put the laws of the game down and say you have to abide by them. Worldwide. And the, worldwide. Worldwide. And the referees have to stand by them. Agree with you. Simple as that. And talking about the World Cup, Eddie, um, I found out over the last couple of days that the World Cup tickets are selling very well indeed. And in fact, the thing that surprised me is that there has been more tickets sold in the South, in and around London, for the World Cup than there have been sold all up in the North of England. Wow, that's good. That is now, good news. I, just hope, I just hope that all that information of people who have actually bought tickets, I'm wondering whether it could be just tied into public relations, promotions, and let the London Broncos know who these people are that are actually purchasing these tickets. Yeah. It would be a huge it would be a huge boost. We've still got to remember we've got to spread the game. We have not got to be frightened. 
No. Not to be frightened. And that's one thing, perhaps, I'm a little bit sad about the fact that Toronto failed. Spreading the wings is is vital uh, for the future of the game. And maybe they'll give the Broncos the spreadsheet of, of who did buy these tickets and, and they can tap into them. We, we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Uh, just back to Stuart for a minute. Another great development he's told me about is that he will be setting up referees' squads ahead of the World Cup and he will be in sole charge of appointing the referees for next year's tournament. There'll be no committees, there'll be no meetings behind closed doors, there'll be no coaches, there'll be no managers, just Stuart Cummings. Now, that's another thing that's got to be a step entirely in the right direction, hasn't it? Well, it has, if it's a success. And believe you me, if it's not a success and some of the referees are not up to standard, and I'm sure Stuart will make sure that they are, but I'll guarantee if there's a bit of a mix-up, a bad decision or a few bad decisions, etc. <laughs> you'll, so you'll be on the backs. You'll be on the backs. Well, I, well, I will, but more to the point, <laughs> so will the coaches. International coaches will be saying, well, you let this go and you penalise us on this or whatever. And I'm sure that Stuart Cummings, look, he's been he's been a trail fire, a trailblazer in regards to making sure that, that the rules and regulations, it's a wonderful idea, first time ever to get them all together. And I'm sure that he will have all the coaches in from all the countries to explain what will occur. You have to play the ball with your foot, not an attempt and roll it back. Well, let's see. We'll no doubt talk about that in 2021. Look, I'm not going to wish you a happy Christmas uh, and a peaceful, prosperous and, more importantly, healthy New Year just yet. We'll do that later on in the year. But um, you're released. You're released from your five-star prison later <laughs> this week. Are you are you going to be in any fit state when you get out to join us in seven days' time? Because I'm sure the Sauvignon Blanc is going to take a real hit. It already has. <laughs> <laughs> it already has. Yes, um, come Friday afternoon, the Australian government will open the door and I will be free. To see my family, to see my children, to see my wife, see all my relatives, but most of all, to get some fresh air. By this time next week, Eddie, I will have my feet in uh, in the pool. A morning will say, some bloke called Eddie is wanting to talk to you. <laughs> As it happened 30 years ago, and look what happened to us all then. Amazing. Is it 30 <laughs> odd years? It is. It is. 1988, oh, 1988 we first got together. Dear me, you only get 15 years for murder. I know, I know. <laughs> and you said 30 years. I've been married for 30 years. Was it worth it? Well, it has been. It's been worth it getting married to you, old boy, I'll tell you. Well, listen, uh, I'd like to just thank everybody for the fans, uh, you know, keeping, keeping a track of what's going on. But uh, you've got to applaud all the players, even the referees, anyone that's been associated with it, the broadcasters, the people who have had to do with the medical teams, etc. They've done a marvellous job. And I'd, I'd just like to say on behalf of uh, both of us, Eddie, that thank you very much, because it's bad enough to be holed up in this one room, but it would have been worse if there was no rugby league to watch.
this year. You've said it all for both of us. Well done, Steve-O. Glad you've uh, you've survived the ride. And we'll talk to you next week, old boy. Okay? Bye-bye.